from Port Orchard, Washington. This is the Story Night Podcast. We tell stories here. My name is Stephen Gardner, and I'm the host of the podcast at Story Night Events. I'm coming to you from, shall we call it, Studio B at our home. I have a place set aside at home in the garage to record these, but I'm doing this on the quick today, so I'm upstairs at the world headquarters of the Gardner family. And I'm a little bit miffed at myself because I missed an opportunity yesterday. If you listened to last week's podcast, you know I recorded the intro while riding a carousel in Spokane. I love doing these intros in remote locales, and I might get out a bit today, but I thought I probably ought to get this recorded first. Yesterday, I was at the Bridging Bremerton event, and it didn't dawn on me to record from the face of Bremerton there in Evergreen Park until after I was done. I was telling his story for a couple of hours, and there were plenty of breaks, and it just didn't occur to me. I'll get better at this. This is episode 81 for those of you scoring at home. Money isn't everything, Mortimer. Oh, grow up. Mother always said you were greedy. She meant it as a compliment. The story we're about to hear uh, in this episode was told on stage at the Cloverleaf in Bremerton earlier this month, which is June if you're listening to it right away. June of 2018. The theme that night was flying. Here's Rhonda Trevino telling us about a flight she took. So every story that is about almost dying usually starts with trying to impress somebody. So there was a boy, of course, young, military, young man who I just thought was dreamy, and he was really into skydiving. Yeah, let that set in. So I've never done that before, but I thought, well, it can't be that bad. I mean, there are professionals, and they train you and stuff like that. I had no idea what I was getting into. So we, I, pay, I go with him and another friend. I don't even remember who it was. We go out to Blue Sky Skydiving, which is, I think, out near Shelton. I don't know if they're still in operation, but um, we spend a couple hours during that morning putting on equipment, practicing jumping out of the back of a truck so that we could figure out how to land and roll or whatever we needed to do, and all of the different signals and how to pull the, the chute, because I had chosen to do a static line jump. Now, if you know anything about skydiving, most people go tandem, where you are strapped into another person who knows what they're doing. I said, no, no, I know what I'm doing, and I like adventure, so I'm going to do a static line where they equip you, and then they let you fly out of the airplane, and the chute gets pulled on a static line so that you don't have to, amongst all of the stress of jumping out of a plane, try to figure out how to pull the cord. So it pulls it for you, and then you float down gently and land and do the the roll or the landing that they taught you. So I was like, okay, I got this. I'm young. I'm in my 20s. um, And this boy is really cute. And I am not (laughs) giving up. So I was getting a little nervous as the time is getting closer to go into the plane and go up. Now, this plane was tiny. I don't even know, did it have an engine? I think there must have been an engine on it, but it was so small. And there was a pilot, and then like the instructor, and and they could only take up like one or two people 
at a time. So you had to, like, go in turn. So the group of us that were there, the three of us and then some other people that were being trained that morning, were waiting our turn. So somebody, I didn't want to go at first. I wanted to kind of see how it went. <laughs> somebody else went up, and two people jumped. And I was like, okay, this is looking really good. I'm feeling confident. And this boy is still really cute. And I'm like... He's really going to be impressed with me if I continue this journey. And I paid this money, and I did the training, and darn it, I'm doing it. So <laughs> I get into the plane, and my friend, it was a girlfriend of mine, at the last second says, I am not doing this. We are suited up. We are stepping onto the plane. The propeller is going. And they're like, we're going to go. Let's go. She's like, nope. <laughs> she leaves me there. I was like okay, I can do this. And they got like another person to come with me. Nobody I even knew. So I'm like alone on this plane with no one I know, a bunch of strangers and a, a, this pack strapped to me and I'm going in this tiny plane. So we get in the plane, we take off, all that's fine. <laughs> we could keep going higher and higher. And I'm like, okay, they don't let you go super high when you're doing a static jump. If you do a tandem jump and you're attached to a professional, they go, you can go really high and then, you know, fall for a long time. And it's really cool. You can see all the stuff. And so we don't go that high. I'm like, okay, we're going to be fine. So the person in front of me gets out and, well, let me tell you this first. They open the door to the plane as we're flying. And I know, I mean, I knew that was going to happen, but I don't think I expected like what I would feel like when that door opened. I was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's nothing out there. And the door is open. And they're wanting us to go out onto the strut of the wing, right? So you've got the wings coming out of the body of the plane, and there's, like, this brace thing called the strut. And you're supposed to, like, walk your hands out the strut, and then your feet are still in the plane, and then you have to kind of let your feet fly out. And you're holding on to the strut of the airplane. That is what you have to do. And once you have your hand on that strut, they will not let you back in the plane. <laughs> So I let the other person go first. <laughs> and I watch, and they do it. And I'm like, okay, I can do it. But I'm in this tiny plane, it crouched down with this pack, and I have, like, the goggles, and I have a walkie-talkie right here because they can talk to you while you're out there. And I'm praying to God. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to die. What I'm like, and so... I decide, I've gone this far, I'm not a chicken, I'm going to do it. So I take a deep breath, and I'm shaking, and I put my hand out on the plane. And can I just remind you um, that we're going 90 miles an hour in this plane. So the wind, 90 miles an hour. So I put my hand out, and I'm like, okay, there's no going back. Put the other hand out, and I just stop right there. <laughs> and I'm looking like, oh my gosh, they're going to push me out if I don't go, and that's embarrassing. Let's just do it. I said, well, if I die... I die. So <laughs> with resignation in my heart, I let my feet fly out and I am terrified. I decide <laughs> that there's no turning back. Let's do it. And I release my hands and I feel like I have passed out. <laughs> like I can't remember the moment after I let go and I wake up and I'm the parachute's out. So I cannot believe how quiet it is except for the wind and I can see everything as you know as far as I don't know it was like miles and miles I could see and I was so enamored with the view 
that I forgot that the ground was coming <laughs> really, really fast. So I, and I keep hearing this loud noise like yelling, but I don't know where it's coming from. And then I realized the walkie-talkie, the people on the ground are shouting at me, slow down, pull your chute. Because when you're doing, when you're flying down in a parachute, you have to pull these, I don't know, cords to pull the sides of the parachute down to slow yourself down, which is a lot more effort than I thought was going to, I was going to have to do. So I'm like every ounce of strength that I, my little arms had at that time when I was 22, pulled them down to here to your groin is where you have to pull. So from here to here with tons of pounds of weight of air. And I, so I start to pull and I look down because the ground is coming really, really fast. I pull as hard as I can because adrenaline's rushing. I think I'm going to die. I can't believe I wasn't paying attention. They're screaming at me at the same time. I pull it down like literally within probably, I don't know, 40 feet from the ground. And I slow down just enough to tumble really hard uh, and I did the role that they taught me, so I was really proud of myself, but I, I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. And that boy never went out with me. <laughs> but it was one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life, and I would do it absolutely all over again. Thank you. for sharing your story on stage. Story Night events are a partnership between Story Night and the Kitsap Regional Library. We have our events the first Thursday of every month at the Cloverleaf Sports Bar and Grill in Bremerton. The next Story Night, as of this recording, is July 5th and will be a competitive night. The theme that night is winning. There's a nice little trophy in store for the winner. Come to storynight.org to find the other podcast episodes and about our events. On Facebook, search for the Story Night page for the same updates. And on Twitter, we're at Story Night Wah. Our song this time is Learn to Fly by Foo Fighters. Thank you all for listening. We look forward to hearing your story.
Oh, actually, I don't think this one's got the distance. 